The large and rather comfortable apartment of Rufus Haymaker, architect, in Central Park West, was very silent. It was scarcely dawn yet, and at the edge of the park over the way, looking out from the front windows which graced this abode and gave it its charm, a stately line of poplars was still shrouded in a gray morning mist. From his bedroom at one end of the hall, where, also, a glimpse of the park was to be had, came Mr. Haymaker at this early hour to sit by one of these broader windows and contemplate these trees, and a small lake beyond. He was very fond of nature in its manifold art forms, quite poetic, in fact. He was a tall and spare man of about sixty, not ungraceful, though slightly stoop-shouldered, with a heavy overhanging eyebrows and hair, and a short, professionally cut grey moustache and beard, which gave him a severe and yet agreeable presence. For the present, he was clad in a light blue dressing gown with silver cords, which enveloped him completely. He had thin, pale, long-fingered hands, wrinkled at the back, and slightly knotted at the joints, which bespoke the artist, in mood at least, and his eyes had a weary and yet restless look in them. For only yesterday Dr. Storm, the family physician, who was in attendance on his wife, ill now for these three weeks past with a combination of heart lesion, kidney poisoning, and neuritis, had taken him aside and said very softly and affectionately, as though he were trying to spare his feelings, "'Tomorrow, Mr. Haymaker,' If your wife is no better, I will call in my friend Dr. Granger, whom you know, for a consultation. He is more of an expert in these matters of the heart. The heart, Mr. Haymaker had time to note, ironically, than I am. Together we will make a thorough examination and then I hope we will be better able to say what the possibilities of her recovery really are. It's been a very trying case, a very stubborn one, I might say. Still, she has a great deal of vitality, and is doing as well as could be expected, all things considered. At the same time, though I don't wish to alarm you unnecessarily, and there is no occasion for great alarm yet. Still, I feel it my duty to warn you that her condition is very serious indeed. Not that I wish you to feel that she is certain to die. I don't think she is. Not at all. Just the contrary. She may get well, and probably will, and live all of twenty years more. Mentally, Mr. Haymaker sighed a purely spiritual sigh. She has fine recuperative powers, so far as I can judge, but she has a bad heart, and this kidney trouble has not helped it any. Just now, when her heart should have the least strain, it has the most. 
she is just at that point where, if I may say, things are in the balance. A day or two, or three, or four, at the most, ought to show which way things will go. But, as I have said before, I do not wish to alarm you unnecessarily. We are not nearly at the end of our tether. We haven't tried blood transfusion yet, and there are several arrows to that bow. Besides, at any moment she may respond more vigorously to medication than she has heretofore, especially in connection with her kidneys. In that case, the situation would be greatly relieved at once.' 